Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of I Love This You Should Too with me, Samantha Hughes, and him, Indy Randalla. Hello everyone. How are you, Indy? I'm pretty good. We record this podcast a little bit early, so we're actually recording on Christmas Eve. I'm tracking Santa. We're all cozy in our house. It's a pretty good day. Yeah, and we can't go anywhere anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, but you're, you're having a pretty good Christmas Eve so far? Yeah, I guess it's as good as it can be. We haven't really done anything. We're recording early in the day, which we never do. Yeah, it's just noon. So we're going to be all peppy, right? Yeah. So Indy, because it's still Christmas Eve, what was your favorite Christmas cookie you've eaten so far? Oh, wow. I don't know how I could ever decide. <laughs> I had some good chocolate chip ones, but that's not really Christmassy. That's not Christmas. We made some Wu-Tang Christmas cookies. Very, I guess that's Christmas. The most Christmas. Some Jack Skellingtons. Yes, those that's very Christmas. We and had those ginger friends today. Those are tasty too. Ginger friends are good, yeah. I think I heard that term somewhere and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to call them that. And then people are like, what? you so PC, you can't be ginger men anymore? And I was like, no, it's just a cute ginger friends. Ginger friends, because they're so little and round, and they should be friends. Yeah, and that's the voice I was doing when I'm a men's rights activist. (laughs) Because you said, Merry Christmas Eve. And then I was like, what about Christmas Steve? Why is it all about the women? First the Ghostbusters, now this. (laughs) I do enjoy your uh, men's rights voice. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Steve, everyone. And to all the men's rights activists out there. (laughs) Fighting the hard fight because, you know, men are are the truly oppressed people. Oh, Indy's being very sarcastic (laughs) right now. So please do not take any of this seriously. You're not. Although you are holding your fist up in the air while you're talking. So serious, guys. Jeez. I I lost the voice. (laughs) Yeah, you did. What was your favorite Christmas treat? Um, I think the ginger snap cookie that I had today. For breakfast, because there are no rules on Christmas Eve. No, no. Cookies so for thanks breakfast. Galen and Haley for that one, yeah, I believe. Yeah, it was from some fancy bakery. I'm very excited to eat the second one. And then tomorrow, even though there's hardly any of us, we are still going to make a full Christmas dinner, because <laughs> yeah. that's what will make me feel better about this weird Christmas. Exactly, because like, what else are we going to do on yeah. Christmas Day? <laughs> Might as well take the time to bake a giant turkey yeah i haven't actually seen the turkey yet so i don't know if it's giant but it's big but i kind of like making turkey me too and turkey's tasty sure and i love a turkey dinner that's probably one of my favorite foods in the world is like full turkey dinner and mine's cookies so christmas is really our time to shine it is this is our time of year for sure Well, maybe let's get into it. So today we're each going to have a thing of the week, and then Samantha will tell me what we're watching for next week's big episode. Yeah. But Sam, what's your thing of the week that you're into right now? Um, Well, since I've been working from home and uh, there's nothing to do in the world, I've been watching a lot of TV. So one of my favorite things that I found on Amazon Prime Video is Superstore, which is a TV series that started in 2015 and is currently going still. Um, It's six seasons and it's all about a group of people working in a big box store and kind of the co-workers and the hijinks and the silly things that they get up to while at work. This looks like an interesting one to me. I've actually seen it 
pass by and I keep saying like, oh, I'm going to watch that one. It has a lot of actors who were smaller parts in many other things. Yeah. But every time I come into the room and you're watching it, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Mad Men. Yeah. Oh, that's the guy from Parks and Rec. Oh, that's the lady who's on all those commercials and prank shows. Yeah. And Mark McKinney, and who Mark McKinney. I love from Kids in the Hall Times. Um, Mark McKinney is hilarious in this. He plays Glenn, the manager, the store manager. And he's just like... They make fun of him constantly, and he's, like, super religious, has, like, a whole bunch of kids, and, like, he's just a very funny character, um, and he does a really good job of just playing it totally straight. Like, he doesn't realize how ridiculous he is. I didn't realize this show had that many seasons. I was going to go watch it, but I kind of assumed it was one or two seasons. No, it, there's four on Amazon Prime, so I'll have to find the last two seasons somewhere else, but it's definitely... Uh, like a bit of a an on taking. So, what do you like about this show? Um, I worked retail for many years, and um, I definitely think that some of the characters who are kind of like background characters will come in for like four or five episodes and then be gone. Just like in retail, you have someone that you work with for a couple months and then they're gone. So, um, I like that aspect because it always keeps the show kind of fresh and moving along. And then uh, I also really like just the, like, hijinks that they get up to. Because if you've ever worked in retail and you have to stay in one store for eight hours a day, it, like, gets a little boring and you kind of have to make your own fun. What were your some of your favorite retail hijinks? Um, I worked in this, like, store that was kind of old lady clothing. So there was, like, nothing that I would buy there. But they sold these really old-fashioned christening gowns. And my coworker, Megan, and I would hide, like, Us Weeklies and, like, magazines and stuff under the christening gowns and read them while uh, there were no customers in the store and then hide them back under the christening gowns when customers came in. That's a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> did I, you... You worked in retail. I sure did, yeah. I worked even at a Best Buy when I oh, was in yeah. uh, university and stuff. I had a lot of hijinks. I think some I probably even shouldn't share. (laughs) (laughs) But one of my favorite ones is I worked at this collectibles shop for a while with my best friend. And there was one of those fortune-telling like Zoltar machines out in front. Oh, yeah. And uh, we doctored all the fortunes. So when people would get it and read all these terrible fortunes that we had written, or sometimes just very mundane fortunes, like your next sandwich will be a little lackluster. And they'd be like, <laughs> oh, I, okay, I guess that's a fortune. Yeah. It's specific, but it's not what I was looking for. <laughs> and then, of course, when you're working in giant stores, like a hardware store, you have things up on the 30-foot shelf that are made of uh, fiberglass insulation packages where you can take little naps. Yeah, so that's definitely something that comes up in Superstar. There's lots of little, like, nooks and, uh, like, holes that they make behind stuff. And uh, there's a couple times where there's definitely some cool hangouts in the uh, in the store shelves. So you're clearly a fan of the show Superstore. What would be your pitch to get someone to watch it? I think you would enjoy this if you've ever worked in a mundane retail job and had weird coworkers and uh, just enjoy like a light, funny comedy show. Then I think you'll like this show. And outside of the people I mentioned, are there any names in it? Uh, yeah. So America Ferreira, who was in Jane the Virgin, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Those are the two things that I know her from, but... She's uh, very, very good in this. She plays a manager as well. And then um, 
Can I interrupt you for one moment? Yeah. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yes. I've never seen it, but it seems like something I would really like. We'll have to watch it and figure that out. I, th- I feel like I'd be a big fan of that show. Movie. <laughs> Movie, yeah. And then there's a second one as well. I feel like I'd be disappointed by the second one. <laughs> I already have my mind made up on both <laughs> okay, of them. But we sh- are you a big fan of the first? Um, I read the books as like... A 13-year-old, and then I saw the movie when it came out, and I think I liked it. I don't think I've seen it since. Would you like it enough to do on this podcast one day? Because Maybe. I'd be very curious to watch that movie. Okay. It seems like something I'd really like. I think it'll be another one of those ones where, like, I liked it when I was 13, so we're going to watch it now and see what we think. Um, yeah, we could probably do that one on the podcast for sure. All right, I'll, I'll stop talking now and you can continue about Superstar. Oh, yes. Uh, it also stars Ben Feldman, who you recognized from Mad Men. Um, he was very good in that. And he's uh, he definitely is funny. He uh, plays a guy who's, you know, dropped out of business school and is almost too smart to be working at the store. And everyone makes fun of him for being fancy, which I, I really connect with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... There's definitely, like you said, a lot of people who come in and out who you recognize as you kind of are around when I'm watching it. So side characters, I can't name them because they're usually only in for like an episode or three or something, just something small. So uh, if you like the sound of that, you should watch Superstore. It's on Prime Video. All right. I think I might. It's it's great. <laughs> oh, great. So you really like it. Oh, I do. I do. I really enjoy watching it. And it's definitely uh, a show that you don't have to pay, like, full attention to. It's not like a drama or anything. But it's, uh, it's a show that you'll want to pay attention to. Nice. I might check that out. Yeah. Perfect. Indy, what's your thing of the week? So I'm going to try something a little different this week. I wanted to talk about an album. I thought I wanted to start talking about music a little bit more, but I don't nearly have the understanding or even vocabulary to talk about music the way I do about film and television. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of new for me and it might not be great, but I'm going to try anyway. So I thought I should grab like an album that I really love. And I thought of um, Ziggy Stardust or Enter the 36 Chambers, but then those are like too big of an undertaking and I can't talk about that in just 10 minutes right so i just grabbed something uh random from my cd shelf because i still like we cds have custom made cd shelves <laughs> <laughs> thanks mike <laughs> um because indy loves cds and has many of them yeah so but then the first thing i grabbed was johnny cash and i was like well oh, that's a full episode i can't just do that real quick and then i grabbed the album world music by goat a goat yeah and this one i thought is a little is a good one to talk about because I think a lot of people don't know about this band and have never heard of them. Might as well give exposure to someone who's really underknown and underappreciated. So the band's name is Goat. Yes. Sorry, I'm still back at Goat. <laughs> yeah, and this their a debut album was just called World Music. So I love the story of Goat as well. So join me as we go to Corpiambolo in Sweden. Oh. So this is a town, according to the band, and some brief history that I've learned, where they have a history of witchcraft and voodoo worship. And during the Christian Reformation that took place throughout Scandinavia, this town kind of remained pagan and remained very traditional in their old ways. 
And when the Christian Crusaders came and destroyed a bunch of villages, because that's a thing that happened a lot at the time, many people fled and they placed a curse on this town. And that is where this band is from. That is very intense and not at all what I was expecting. And right now we're listening to the first track on the album World Music called Diarabi. interesting. I definitely uh, haven't really listened to anything like that, but it sounds very cool. It sounds very foreign and almost like Middle Eastern. The song kind of makes me think of like, you know, when you're driving through the desert and the sky is purple and all the cactuses have eyes. Kind of like one of those songs. I think if the cactuses have eyes, you shouldn't be driving. True. It's just like, <laughs> it's like psychedelic. And yeah. also I uh, realized only last year that I was about to use the word schizophrenia. That's not what I have. <laughs> what? Mild synesthesia, yeah. I think. Because normally when people close their eyes and listen to music, you don't get images. That's no, correct? That is correct. I had no idea about this. And it was shocking to me that other people don't see kind of shapes and images when they close their eyes and listen to music. Yeah, no. You learned that like this year, too. Yeah. And when you experience something in your own mind, you just assume everyone's like that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. No. So you don't see any... It's just black when you close your eyes and listen to that. Yeah. That's weird. So boring. (laughs) I'm sorry. Can't you, like, make things happen? Well, if I think about it. But you have to, like, choose what you're thinking of. It doesn't just come to you. No. That's so interesting to me. I guess you never know how another person thinks, right? Right. Because you're only in your own brain. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. But yeah, this band, they started uh, (laughs) playing music together when they were children, and it's kind of a local community traditional thing, Hmm. and they claim that this collective has been together in one form or another for over 40 years, and the members just change, and the current group that they have was signed to a record label in 1998, but didn't release their first album, this one, until 2012, because they didn't quite understand how to play songs. They just said, every time we play together, it's something different, so we can't, like, recreate the same thing in the form of a song. Oh, that makes sense. They just kind of create music, yeah. Yeah. They also wear masks on stage. And I'm going to show you a picture and I'll put some up on our social media so you can know what these people look like. Okay. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. What is this? It's very tribal. There's a lot of feathers and like colors and a monkey. It's frightening, though. It is frightening. Yeah, it's, it's intense for sure. Um, that's not who I'd want to meet if the cactuses had eyes. Yeah, that's scary, for sure. But super interesting. So, oh, very interesting. It's like they all made their own masks. Yeah, and I'm not sure what kind of tradition this belongs to, because I don't really uh, know my Swedish pagan ritual stuff True. too well. And they also never talk about their own names or identify singers for certain songs, because they say, like, it's more important what we do than who we are. Oh. And that's kind of fun. They're just a bunch of weirdos, and I like that about them. (laughs) 
this song that we're hearing now is much more of a straightforward song. It's in English. It has guitars and instruments we're used to. And this is the first song I'd ever heard from them. It's called Run to Your Mama. It kind of sounds like it could be the theme song for a surrealist 70s cop action drama. Oh, for sure. That was like a driving song. Yeah. For sure. With like dust coming up behind the car. Oh, see, you're getting into it now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's a song that I feel like you could hear at like Folk Fest, like a music festival. Yeah, they they should be at Folk Fest. Like a side stage. Yeah, for sure. Oh, they put on a good show. All the masks and everything. Mm -hmm, I want to see them like... 12 people out there just rocking out and playing all these weird instruments. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think they're most most often described as psychedelic rock, but it doesn't seem like forced like a lot of other psychedelic music might. It doesn't seem like they're trying to fit into a mold. It just feels to me like they're doing whatever they want without any preconceived notions of what mm-hmm. they're supposed to be. And I guess there's lots of influences. Like you can see hear a lot of Parliament and their funkier stuff. There's a lot of Brian Jones era, Rolling Stones, and probably all sorts of things I've never heard of. But I love how varied their instrumentation is. Like you get jangly guitars and fuzzy bass, and then sometimes you'll get bongos and pipe organs. It's just all over the place. It is all over the place, but it's kind of fun. It's uh, That's what makes it different. And I'm going to play one more song. This is their first ever recorded song, and it's called Goatman. too um there was more vocals in that one maybe a lot of people describe music as like oh that just makes me want to dance mm-hmm. and i get that about dance music but i like this album so much because it doesn't really make you want to dance in any normal way it just mm-hmm. makes you want to kind of contort your body to the music <laughs> oh, i want to see you dance to this i think you have sometimes you just want to put on some goat and your big headphones and clean the kitchen while dancing around yeah. i think i've seen you do that oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> So uh, the band is called Goat. That album is called World Music. That was their debut. I picked it just because it was the first. They also have a really good one called Commune from 2014 and Requiem from 2016. So my pick of the week, Goat. And uh, maybe I'll do more music in the future. I do like when you bring us albums because it's always different stuff. I think we need to get into the reason we're here. What is our big watch for next week? Okay, I'm excited about this one. Um, So this is a little bit different than what we usually do. Usually we pick something that the other person hasn't seen. Um, But Indy has seen the first two seasons of this show. We're going to be watching a TV show. And I think that it's very important for him to finish it. So we're going to be watching Schitt's Creek this week. Excellent. Schitt's Creek this week. It sounds like the talk show. <laughs> Shit's Creek this week. Yeah. We could have we could just do this every week on Shit's Creek and it would be called Shit's Creek this week. It would. 
It would. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, this is a CBC show, so Canadian Broadcasting Company sh- Corporation. Corporation, I believe. Yes, it is. I should know that. <laughs> My dad used to work there. Uh it's, and it's um, Canadian content. It's filmed in Ontario. And when it first started in 2015, it uh, was not popular. It was popular kind of within Canada, maybe a little bit in um, the states where you can get CBC. Uh, but it's not – it wasn't huge until it got picked up by Pop TV. And then it became this, like, overnight hit the U.S. discovered it, other people discovered it, and it was just, like, all of a sudden these these Canadian actors were just, like, huge. Um, I mean, there are some big stars in it who weren't famous be- or who were famous before this show, but... A couple of my very favorites. Yes. Eugene Levy, who I've been watching since I was a child, and the same with Catherine O'Hara, really. I love both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the premise of this show, if you're, I'm pretending everyone hasn't seen this, but I feel like 90% of people have seen it already. (laughs) People who listen to this, I'm sure have. Oh, yes. Um, so it's about a rich family whose business manager steals all their money and runs away to an island and can't be found. And, um, the government comes in, seizes all their stuff, and the only thing that they get to keep is some personal belongings and the ownership of a town in rural somewhere. The nice thing about this show is they never really say whether or not it's Canada or the U.S., and it um, kind of just leaves it up to you to figure out where they are. It definitely looks like rural Canada, but I think it could be anywhere. And that's Schitt's Creek, S-C-H-I-T-T. Yes. For all of you out there, we're not swearing. That's the name of it. And if you need to search the show, which now in Canada, at least, is both on Amazon Prime and Netflix. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely a show that's kind of everywhere. Um, I don't want to ruin too much about the show, but basically they move to this little town of Schitt's Creek that they own. And um, then they kind of begin to interact with the people in the town um there's uh, a brother sister dynamic they meet people they start to form relationships and um over the six seasons they really kind of grow as people and the show is all done now and in its last season it became extremely popular of course it's popular in canada because we do have a sense of pride when something Canadian, especially something that's small and uniquely Canadian, gets worldwide recognition. Yeah. And that was the case with this one because it kind of just swept the Emmys. It swept the Emmys this year. Um, They had, because it was a very strange Emmys, they were able to have um, kind of a Schitt's Creek cast party almost. And so I don't know like what everyone else who wasn't on Schitt's Creek was doing for the Emmys, but it was just like a giant party where they just kept winning awards. And it was so sweet to see all of the actors and how much they all clearly love each other because they were all just like freaking out. And it was so great. So also in this show, 
Um, there's Eugene Levy and his son, Dan Levy, and also his daughter, Sarah Levy. So there's quite a bit of family in this show. And, um, you definitely get to see some cool behind the scenes stuff. They've done a lot of kind of behind the scenes videos and interviews and stuff over the six seasons. And apparently Eugene Levy just like stands behind the camera and mouths his kids lines and looks like so proud. And I love that. Um, I think that this is such a family show. And uh, it deals with a lot of really important issues. So you're only two seasons in. Correct. I have liked what I have seen. I don't know if I'm already in love with it, but I also know that this show is going to uh, to grow. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see where it will go. I actually didn't realize that I was so far behind. I thought I was only one season behind. Yeah, you kept saying like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, I'm, I'm just, I haven't gotten to that new season yet. And yeah. apparently it was four new seasons. Yes. <laughs> um, I love this show. I will tell you that the finale just like emotionally wrecked me. Um, and uh, I think it'll do uh, similar things to you. Well, I'm looking forward to getting wrecked. <laughs> There's also a fun documentary uh, about the making of the final season uh, where you can see like the emotion and the heart and all of the hard work that goes into making the show. So that was kind of a fun final watch uh, after the finale because you won't want it to end. Where can we watch that documentary? Uh, it's on Netflix. So we're going to skip a trailer. Um, it, they're pretty easy to find. There's one on Netflix and probably on Prime Video and all over the internet. So um, just make sure you're watching the season one trailer if you haven't seen the whole series. Um, and you can definitely uh, let us know what you think as you're watching it because it's a roller coaster of emotions and it's super fun. Well, I'm looking forward to getting caught up in this because it is something that pretty much everyone I know has watched and loved and if you are canadian and think like oh canadian television i don't need more of that usually you're quite right yes <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff out there but i'm honestly quite proud to say that there's been quite a few very good series to come yeah. out over the last while it tends to only be one great series at a time yeah. that's true but there are some good things coming out of canada and if you are an international listener i think give this show a chance because it's clearly getting wide critical praise so they must be onto something yeah so watch it's creek Absolutely. Okay, well, we will see you back next Monday when we talk about Indy's reaction to the final four seasons of Schitt's Creek. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you all next week. See you next week. Bye, everyone.